that's another thing. I just tell people, don't do it. Baby steps, a little bit at a time. And at least you're getting to the end of the project instead of just looking at it, sitting over there going, I really need to do this, but it's not getting done. You're listening to Entrepreneur Journeys, where I share insights and strategies based on owning and managing businesses while traveling and living on three continents. I also interview business owners about their journey, what they learned along the way, and how that can help you with your business growth. For more resources to accelerate your entrepreneur journey, head over to gapologist.com, where I share resources, events, community, and more. I'm your host, Joe Matz. Let's get started. I have with us today, Pam Weiser from Be The Wiser. Welcome to the show, Pam. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here. So great. Um, so tell our listeners now, worldwide listeners, where do you hail from? I am in northern Colorado in the city of love, Loveland. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a lovely place. <laughs> it's There are hearts actually placed strategically all over the city. It's kind of oh, cool. They're using it and abusing it, aren't they? <laughs> Valentine's Day is a very big holiday here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. And Pam and I met through the Grand Connection, which is a networking and collaboration group, right? Yes. And we finally figured out how to get together and record this podcast. So, Pam... You own your own business. Is it called Be the Wiser? It is. Okay. I love the play. That, that is awesome. Yeah. My father told me many years ago, my last name's Wiser, spelled W-E-I-S-E-R. And my father told me many years ago that I'm never going to win. I'm either people are either going to mispronounce my name or they're going to misspell it. And so rather than having it misspelled, which it's still done because people think it's spelled W-I-S-E-R. I went with the pronunciation. <laughs> yes, that's that's awesome. I always learned, you know, I before E except after Y kind of thing. And in wiser. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll add that in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we're here to talk about business and what we can do in this conversation to help folks um, maybe get on a different direction, change a direction, or at least add something, maybe a little more efficiency to their day-to-day, right? That's right. So were you always like um, into time management, efficiency, and things like that? So my background is actually in executive support for tech companies. And so I did that for many, many years. I supported C-suite executives. I Time management is really important because I'm running their calendar for 10 hours a day and I'm telling them where they need to go and what meetings they need to attend and where they need to travel to. So yes, time management started way back when. Uh, it also, way back, way back, way, way back. Whoa, not so far back. Whoa, I, come on, can't be that far back. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I've always been in a customer service industry. So whether that was in the restaurant industry where I had to manage people, you have to, time management is really important, Mm. right? Like you always figure out, and this goes to simple, you know, you don't want your appetizers to come after the main courses come. So time management has always just been a part of my, 
of my career. And so during your career, you worked in a restaurant and, oh my gosh, I know what that experience is like. Oh, and yes. then, then you were working with executives and all. Was, yeah. Was there ever an indication that you would someday own your own business? Never. 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 I actually thought about it um, maybe four or five years ago. Well, eh, probably a little bit before then. And because I want to retire outside of the U.S. And I thought, well, how can I do this if I'm strapped to a job that I have to go into a company every day? And so I thought, let me figure out how I can create my own business, work remotely from anywhere in the world. And that's kind of how it was born. That sounds like a medium to long-term plan. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, great. Now, when, when you were a kid, you didn't sell painted rocks by the side of the road or deliver newspapers or anything like that? No, I was actually, uh, I think my first job ever, oh, the first paying job with a company was a, I bagged groceries. Also another customer service job. Yes. Um, you know typical 16 year old who needs a job. <laughs> so how did, how did this come about that you left? If, would I be correct in saying you left corporate to start your own business? How did this come about? During COVID, uh, I was working a full-time job with a tech company here, actually here in Colorado. And I was an office manager at the time. And there's no office to manage, but I was also doing a multitude of other jobs with the company. And because my brain needed to be kept busy and I didn't want to sit in front of the TV for hours when we were locked down, I reached out to friends and family and asked if anybody needed any support. So administrative projects, things like that. And I actually had some takers and I was able to take it as a side gig. So I was still working a full-time job, my 40 hours a week and then doing this on the side. And, uh, you know, after COVID, I, I moved back to California very temporarily. I had a job that didn't work out and I took my business full time. I said, why do I have to work for somebody else? I know how to do this and I can. Oh, that's, and I did. That's awesome. There, there are two things I love about that story. The first is you, you took your knowledge, experience and expertise, what I like to call your keys, K-E-E-S, you took that from corporate and incorporated that directly almost into your own business. That's the, right. The other thing I love about that is you started um, part-time, kind of like dipping your toe in the water. It's like, I have these skills. Does anyone need these skills? That's right. And you got some traction. I did. Low risk, low time investment. That is awesome. Yeah. And it worked out. I'm so glad that it worked out for you. I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> so what what were those first um, engagements like? One of them was a nonprofit. So I was basically supporting a program director and helping her write grants. And she also needed really specific guidance on her time. Yeah. So her calendar was a mess. She didn't have time to do the things that she needed to do because she was in meetings all day. So that happens to be a theme with a lot of the people that I work with. They're so overwhelmed because they, they're pulled in so many different directions and they don't can't get to the work that they need to do in order to make their business grow or make their job function work. 
And so they hired me to basically get her organized or she hired me to get, get her organized. And then I did, um, I worked for a photographer uh, who I've known for many, many years who also just needed help with her CRM and didn't just was so overwhelmed Mm. because she didn't have time to go and take photos of people, which was her business because she was dealing with all the back end, you know, the back end tasks, which take a lot of time. And when you don't have the experience, it it's a lot of time and effort. It ends up not paying off. You don't yep. get to spend the time with your customers and your clients, which is what ultimately moves your business forward. Yeah. I mean, the, the time can, that time back end stuff, it can slip into your life like bed bugs. <laughs> at first, I hope not. <laughs> at, no, at first, you don't notice them. It's a bug or two. It's in your mattress. You don't notice. And then- they grow and they multiply and they take over your whole mattress. So you can't even sleep at night. (laughs) I don't want to (laughs) know. Well, fortunately I I don't have any experience with bug mites, but I do have, or bed mites, bed mites, bed and bed bugs, bed bugs or mites, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That, that explains my (laughs) lack of experience there. I do have experience with feeling overwhelmed. And I have days, Some sometimes it seems like multiple days. Uh, when I get to Friday and I say, oh, what did I do? What what did I do all week? It's Friday. And um, I feel like having a beer. But first, what did I do this week? And like sometimes it's very difficult to come up with, with more than a few hours of actual productive work. That's right. And I imagine a lot of people experience that. Yes. Uh, most of my clients come to me past the the stage of overwhelm. So they're probably a little beyond when they should be reaching out for help. Yes. <laughs> but um, when they do discover that I can take so much off of their plates, it's I hear this sigh of relief, which is a pretty amazing. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, because now, I mean, with working with time management, we're really, really talking about priorities. Yes. And having systems to, would I be correct if I said you need a system to take these distractions that are coming at you through email and social media and text and billboards and anything else that might be coming at you. Do we need a system to like put those over in a box so they don't bother us? I mean, it could be as simple as turning off your phone or your TV, right? I mean, just those things cut out half of the notifications that you receive. <laughs> um, you know, close your office door. If there's noise coming from outside in the kitchen or your dog is doing something, you know, there's so many people working from home these days, close the door, you know. Um, I If you can't turn off your phone and you have to leave the phone on, I just tell people don't check your social media, don't check your email, do the things that you need to do, time block, set a timer, and actually focus. So there is actually on my phone, and I think it's on a lot of phones now, there's a do not disturb button. That's right. Yeah. And it's actually set on a timer. And I, I forget if I did that myself or it was set up. It was two hours and it still is two hours. So I hit do not disturb. I got two hours. No phone beeping at me. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, I wish it was that easy. I help people with their time. But when it comes to time management, I'm horrible about mine and I have to live off of my calendar. Yes, the ca- living <laughs> off the calendar because the calendar yeah. tells me what I need to do. The calendar is like my secretary at some level. Right. Um, 
But I did find out something interesting, Pam, recently with social media. And I work with virtual desktops. So if you have a Windows computer, you can move a desktop. It kind of like slides over. It's like on, on, a, on a desk. It would be like taking a file and putting it over on top of another file. So you can work on that one. When you're done, you close it up and then you put another file on top of it and work on that. So that's virtual desktop. Okay. I had social media on one desktop and it's a it's a switch on the computer. I go from one to the other. And I thought, you know, I'm an adult. I've been working a long time. I'll just leave my social media accounts open on that virtual desktop and I just won't look at it. Good luck with that. <laughs> I recently found out I can't do that. That's right. <laughs> Most people can't. It's shiny things and and wanting to know what's going on in the world and you know. I know. So yeah. I would do something productive or be halfway done sometimes, which is even worse. And then I'd flip over to that desktop and I'd look at my social media, and I'm like, but, but I can discipline myself. <laughs> I've done other hard things. I found if I closed them, if I just closed them, that simple act of just closing Facebook, closing LinkedIn, closing my email so I could focus was amazing. Yeah. And I'm almost embarrassed that I actually needed to close it. It, it couldn't be in, kind of in front of me and me not look at it. Like a carrot. <laughs> I know. And, and I do suffer from shiny object syndrome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most people do. Me included, <laughs> myself included. Yeah, so what what is the cure for shiny objects syndrome? Would you like to get in front of more of your ideal clients and at the same time build your brand and create evergreen content? Well, you can do that with podcast guesting. This very moment, you're listening to a podcast that may have been published today or three weeks ago or three years ago. In a very real sense, you're engaging with the speakers, hopefully enjoying yourself and learning something new at the same time. And you're getting to know the guests and how they help their clients, their customers, and the problems that they solve. You may even be their ideal client and want to learn more about them and download one of their free resources you can find in the show notes or maybe even become a client of theirs. See, when you're a guest on a podcast, you will enjoy that same kind of engagement. It is perhaps the easiest, most cost-effective way to get in front of new audiences. Learn how you can be a guest on the right podcast and engage with your ideal clients with the free resources available at gapologist.com. Oh, well, I can't help a lot of people with that. It has to come from inside. Okay. But when it comes to time management, it's about, um, again, it goes back to the calendar. I time block. So I have blocks of time, chunks of time set aside for me to work on my business, for me to work with my clients, for me to go on a walk, mm. for me to, you know, do my exercise if it's not walking that day, um, for me to make a, you know, a service appointment for my car, you know, everything goes onto my calendar. So, and I have to set alarms to go with mm. those appointments so that it reminds me that there's something else coming up and I need to check the calendar. So it's kind of my Bible. Mm. Um, 
yes, I get distracted. I have a new cat. She takes some time. I have to, you know, be able to play during the day and step away. But also that also helps with if you step away and you take a break and you go on a walk or you, you know, you don't, you're not constantly focusing and thinking about the stress and the things that you have to complete, you come back with a fresh set of eyes and you can actually get your work done much faster. Yes. And much more efficiently. Yeah. I mean, one of the breaks that I love during the day is walking the dogs with my wife. And we're able to we're able to unpack what has happened in the last three or four hours while we're on our desk. She works in, in one room, I work in the other room. We're we're at home with the dogs. And walking is just a great way to to break away. And we can talk about we well, we talk about anything. And um, oftentimes it's like, this is going on, or I talked with this person and, and I'm thinking of this and, and we just throw ideas back and forth. There you go. And you probably could incorporate some of those into your business. Yes, I do. In fact, I carry a digital recorder with me. Oh, nice. So I can capture any ideas that are worth capturing. That's me and putting it into a draft you know, somewhere on my phone when I think about things and I'm out walking, you know, the brain's still turning, but it's yeah. actually nice to be able to look at the lake and let the, the, um, come through so I can go back and focus on those things. Right. And that's important. Now I've heard of a, a technique called the Pomodoro. Is it the Pomodoro technique or the Pomodoro system? Do you know that? I don't. It's a particular time system, but I was going to say it doesn't work for me. <laughs> a lot of I'm, people <laughs> go ahead i mean it may work and i'm sure it works for a lot of people but it's yeah. about working for 25 minutes and then taking five minutes off and then working another 25 minutes and taking five minutes off i prefer to go for for like an hour or two hours right and i'm i'm a believer in eating the frog so doing the hardest <laughs> biggest task first and then everything else comes easier, right? If you if you manage the biggest task, get the biggest task done, the rest of the day is kind of a breeze. Yeah. So that's is that from the book Eat That Frog? I yes. I have that <laughs> that is a book that I do have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do them at the beginning of the day when you're fresh, when you've just woken up, when your mind is clear, when you don't have all of the stress and overwhelm from the yes. day. You do it first thing in the morning. And you get it done, and then the rest of the day is cake. Now, what I learned about that book is, you know, the, those big, hairy projects, get those out of the way. The ones that you don't want to do, that you're used to procrastinating. And the, the reason it says, you know, eat that frog is because if you eat a frog the first thing in the morning, probably nothing worse than that is going to happen to you the rest of the day. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Another, another tip would be to break down large tasks into smaller tasks and manage them in a more in a in a, a more manageable manage them in a more manageable way so um that's another thing i just tell people don't do it baby steps a little bit at a time and so, at least you're getting to the end of the project instead of just looking at it sitting over there going i really need to do this but it's not getting done you know sometimes it's making progress making a little bit of progress and you could feel like you're actually making progress. So if, right. if you have one big task, it might look, it might be difficult to get to that first milestone, but if you break it down and I used to do lists, I still do lists, to-do lists. And um, I would leave the first thing off the list. So I would start with number two 
Interesting. And when I was ready to go, I would add number one, which oftentimes was a drink of espresso. <laughs> Very nice. Now it's on the list. So I say, okay, I'm done with the distractions. I'm ready to get to what I need to do. Oh, first thing's an espresso. That's not bad. I can start that. And I check it off. And it actually felt good. <laughs> I mean, I'm playing with my brain, but, you know, it felt good to check something off the list. And, and the espresso is very nice also. Yes, I am a list maker as well. I have lists all over the place. I have notebooks in front of me. I have post-its. I have notes. Crossing things off of the list is very satisfying. I think there's there's a release of endorphins when you do that. I think there's, Possibly, yeah. Yeah, I think there's actually a physical <laughs> reaction in your brain when you check something off your list. I think it's just, I mean, it's accomplishment, right? It just feels good. It boosts your ego. It boosts your energy. If you're ready to get on with the next, next task, you're feeling like, yeah, I got it done. So, yeah, quite possibly. I think there's something about business owners um, in their DNA that they want to move things forward. And and I think that uh, contributes to that good feeling of checking something off the list. You're moving forward. That's right. You're getting to the next step. As I always ask my wife, I say, what can you do? She works in teams, right? What can you do to move this to the next step? That's all you have to do. Move it to the next step. And you oftentimes it's it's her doing a little bit of, of work and then m moving it along to someone who is better qualified and or, or maybe um, is in a position to work on that next step. So she moves it to the next step and then she passes it on and she can work on what she the next project, the next thing. That's right. Delegation is huge. Yes. Yes. So that's a good subject to touch on delegation. That's right. I know a lot of people ha are timid about delegating because I remember a phrase from my youth, if you want something done right, do it yourself. <laughs> it is the killer of and delegation. Actually, yes. And that is actually really bad for business owners. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a guy come to me at, at, in the restaurant. I used to manage a restaurant and I had an idea of what we needed to do on a, on a particular project in the restaurant. And I said, I'd, I'd like you to work on this project. Here's what we need to do, um, you know, at, at, at slow time, come into the office and talk with me. And he came in with an idea. And my assistant was, was with me there. And he came in with an idea. And it wasn't exactly what I wanted to be done, but it got the objective done. And I said, that's great. That is awesome. I love the idea. That's fantastic. What's the first step and when can you when can you start on it? Well, after he left the office, the assistant said to me, Joe, that's not that's not what you were thinking. That's not kind of what we talked about. And I said, look, it's 90 percent of what we talked about. And I would rather have him committed 100 percent to getting 90 percent done than having then insert my own ideas, my own way and then he might be committed only 50% to getting that done. Much better he took his own idea and his own initiative. And um, I, I learned that in a book somewhere. Yeah, when you delegate and somebody has a different, when you're, first of all, when you, when you don't delegate, 
you have blinders on and you can only see what's in front of you generally, mm. right? But when you delegate, you're hiring an expert or you're passing this along to somebody who may be passionate about the work that you're doing, who can take it off your plate, who may do it better and more effectively than you and probably more efficiently. And they might have a different insight or perspective that you may not have seen because your blinders were on. So not only does that help with your getting it off of your plate, but you might have a more robust way of doing, they might have a more robust way of doing something that might improve the quality of the project or the quality of the work. Right, and you have to be open to the fact that you don't have all the good ideas. Right. Other people have different perspectives, they bring different experiences, and that can contribute to whatever you have going on. It, it's one of the reasons I love masterminds and brainstorming sessions. Done right, they are incredibly powerful. So how can someone begin to delegate? It goes back, generally goes back to them being overwhelmed to the point of, I can't do this anymore. I'm working 70 hours a week. I don't have time to go to my kids' activities. And it's past the point of already needing to delegate. So what I tell people is, um, you know, I get in, they have ideas of what they want mm. to do. Most of the time, it's not everything that I can take off of their plate. So it's me getting in, taking some things off of their plate that they have already felt needed to go. And I can get in and assess and say, well, I probably could take all of these things off of your plate as well. And it, that takes time. It takes trust. It takes yeah. um, baby steps. Everything in this, everything that I do for people is baby steps. I mean, nobody's going to give me the keys to the castle, right? So they give me one key to the bedroom and then, then I, you know, or sure. the, <laughs> the kitchen or whatever. And, and then as they see the quality of work that I, and, and their expectations are raised, then they give me more work. Right. Um, I've had, I've had, had clients who have just given me everything and said, here, do this. Um, but most of the time, there's so much control when business owners have done things for themselves for so long that it's hard to relinquish that control. Sure. And just giving that up and trusting that you're hiring an expert to come in and help you is half the battle. Yes. Realizing that you need help. <laughs> and what it yeah. sounds like is people wait until they should have asked, you know, you know, weeks or months beforehand, but they That's get to right. a point where I just can't do this anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's stress. They're not sleeping. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's affecting their well-being. So I would imagine it would be better to delegate before you get to that point. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's right. tough. That's tough to do. I mean, it's, it's tough to, to wrap your brain around it unless you've had some coaching or you are orientated towards that, that kind of um, mindset. I mean, even I am in the process of getting an assistant to help me delegate so that I can focus on the larger tasks. I mean, that's the whole point. There business owners and business leaders need to be focusing on goals and strategies and getting back in front of their clients and customers. But when they're doing all of the administrative and projects yeah. and everything behind the scenes, they don't have time to do that. Right. 
Yeah, they've, they've got to give away. I mean, delegate what you can delegate. And one thing you can't delegate is relationships. That's right. And that's, that's almost impossible. I've seen people try and do it. Um, kind of turns me off when I see that happening. They should delegate the, the back office stuff. They should delegate what is not customer facing until their business is large enough that they're just too many customers to deal with. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I like the dip the toe in the water philosophy because people need to, to have trust, especially if they're not used to delegating and they're not one of your close friends, so they don't know you. They're so just a little bit. And it's really, it's really great that you're open to that. I know some folks who are consider themselves virtual assistants or things. They want to take the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I I'm definitely not a virtual assistant, but I definitely, with all of my experience, I know where to start. I mean, when you're working with executives in corporations who are just, you know, they're being held to somebody else's standards as well. They have there's there's a level, right? Like they have people above them, and so. I know how to kind of maneuver to pull things out. You know, let me do this. Let's just see how this goes. And then, you know, once I can get get them on the same page as me, more things just add to the pile. Right, right. Perfect. So would you say the first, some of the first things you take off their plate are the low-hanging fruit? Yeah, easiest for sure. Definitely things that I can do quickly. Um, I do. <laughs> Wow, I have clients that have me do a variety of things. Um, I've done, you know, research. Um, I, I do a lot of CRM migrations and implementation, which is not exactly low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Uh, I do larger things as well. I've helped companies with recruiting. I've helped, you know, leadership teams with their, you know, meetings, agendas, event planning, things like that. That's not necessarily low-hanging fruit, but with with uh, entrepreneurs, they tend to have things that they just, their lists are so long that I just basically try to tackle whatever I can. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Super. Pam, this has been a great conversation. I, I thank Ooh. you so much for, for joining me and sharing with our audience. Yeah, thanks for having me. So if I were to ask you what I'm just about to ask you, is um, what words of wisdom can can you leave our audience with today? Um, you know, I productivity is about working smarter, not harder. And when you use your time and energy efficiently and producing more in a shorter amount of time, you're adding to your success and profits. And uh, you do that by establishing self-care and good work-life balance and good time management skills and that lowers your stress and so i i feel like all of this is it's all encompassing yes mostly time management right and there's there's a lot of subtleties in time management so if someone wants to know more about time management and wants to know more about you pam and and how you help and what you do for folks um, what can they do they can reach out to me via email. Uh, it's Pam at be the wiser, B E T H E W I S E R.net. Or uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Pam Weiser, W E I S E R. And my website is be the wiser.net, B E T H E W I S E R.net. Okay. And we'll have all those links in the show notes. So if you're, if you're listening on a podcast or, or you're watching on YouTube, you can look in the show notes. And everything will be there. 
Pam, thank you so much for sharing with my audience today. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye now. All right. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Journeys. Remember to subscribe so you catch all the episodes and check out the show notes for any free giveaways or gifts that were mentioned during this show. Entrepreneur Journeys is brought to you by Apexable, providing the insights, tools, and transformative structures to help you reach your business summit. I'm your show host, Joe Matz, and until next time, I hope your journey is filled with breathtaking views and successful outcomes.